0: The next five weeks, we're going straight to our network of experienced buyer's agents in each state for some local insight. I am so excited! Welcome to week four of our state expert series. Wow, hasn't this been an eye opener? So many little differences that can make such a huge impact if you don't understand the local laws. Now, this week, it's all
1: about strata. This week, we tackle strata that's units, townhouses, villas, and in some cases, terraces basically, anything. That is a body corporate or common areas, anything that you're going to be paying some fees for. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was
0: Veronica. We're both buyers, agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step.
1: Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode and if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website homebuyeracademy.com.au There you'll find free checklists so you can download a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy a workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the
0: interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit. The disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now, we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So, check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information.
1: Now, you may notice... That we're just talking about states here. We recognise there are two territories in Australia. There's the Northern Territory and the ACT. Now, we haven't included experts from those two territories for two reasons. One, Northern Territory, we actually don't know any buyers agents up there. And two, when it comes to the Australian Capital Territory, well, the laws are almost identical to New South Wales, so you can pretty much rely on what I say for New South Wales goes for there too. Can you please introduce yourself? We'd love to know who you are and where you buy. I'm Megan Wells, Buyer's
0: Agent and Founder and Principal of Property Pursuit Buyer's Agents in Brisbane.
2: My name is Catherine Skinner and I'm a Buyer's Agent here in Adelaide. I'm the Director of National Property Buyers, South Australian office. Um, I have been in business here for eight years now. i really grateful and love what I do being able to help people buy property.
3: My name's Samantha Spillsbury. I'm a Director and Buyer of Buyer's Agents Tasmania. We offer a statewide service for both investors and owner. A lot of our clients are relocators, so whether they're retiring or new families moving here is probably where our niche is, is to help them settle in. I have had my business for three years, and that's how long I've worked in the buyers agency realm. And prior to that, I've worked in property management for over 10 years.
4: Uh, So my name's Jared McCabe. I'm a director at Wakeland Property Advisory. Um, We're a a boutique buying service uh, and vendor advisory service in Melbourne. Uh, I've been here, the company started in March 1995, so 28 odd years. There's a lot of experience within the business. Um, We focus very much, much on asset selection as a big part of what we do and what we look for. Uh, buying the the right property is extremely important. And obviously, everyone wants to get it for the best price they possibly can. Um, but if you select the wrong property in the first place, uh, then that can be a, a bigger issue. So, we're very we're very focused on asset selection and education as well.
5: Hi, my name's Ben Lamas. I'm a buyers agent in Western Australia for Acumentus Buyers Agents.
0: What's the difference between buying a strata property as
1: opposed to a Torrens title or freehold property in your state? Well, in New South Wales, if you're buying a Torrens Title house, that can be attached to another property or could be freestanding, right? So it could be a, a, a row, a terrace with two attached walls or a semi detached with one shared wall or a freestanding house. And that is what's called Torrens Title. Strata Subdivision is actually a subset of Torrens Title, to be technical, but a Strata property would be something where there is uh, a communal or shared ownership of common um, property. And so that might be as simple as two houses on the one lot, where there's two strata, there's two um, two lots in one strata plan, or it could be up to hundreds of apartments in a complex. And so that's often, you know, they've got uh, commercial and shared facilities and a uh, really complex property to try to work out exactly what you're buying and what you what liability that you have for the whole complex as well, right? So it can go from being very simple. Um, to being really challenging, and so the difference is in the due diligence. Really, you need to be able to understand what it is you're buying into. So, in New South Wales, the contract of sale for a strata property is basically the same as for a Torrens title property, although there are two additional um, documents in a strata contract because they want you need to understand what's the common property, as well as what lot you're buying. So there's two things there because you're also owning a share of common property. So there are two different deposited plans or strata plans and also two different title searches. There's a common property title search and also the individual title search for the lot that you're buying. So there's that two extra bits of information that are really important, but obviously too when you're buying strata versus Torrens title, the due diligence is different. So you are definitely going to need to get yourself a strata report and not just get it, but read it and understand it you also get a copy of the bylaws in the contract of sale. In Queensland,
0: it's actually quite a different contract with additional disclosure. Not a lot more, but enough. Um, so there's information on a, a strata or a community title contract uh, that includes information about the body corporate, who the manager is and their details, information about the, the levies, so the body corporate levies, the sinking fund, the admin, and also the balances that are in each of those two funds. Uh, Usually there is also insurance details, so the building insurance that's paid for by the body corporate, uh, a community management scheme and survey plan showing what you actually are buying, what the common areas are, what exclusive use areas might be. So you you get a pretty good idea of what it is that you're actually buying. Um, There are different regulation modules that apply to different schemes and this is really important to know because maintenance is covered differently under the different schemes. So, in one scheme, gutters are covered or maintenance of gutters in, is done by body corporate. In a different scheme, it's done by the owner. So, you really can't assume that a property that you're buying that it has uh, body corporate is going to have the same maintenance cover. You you really need to investigate that and that that's really important. Um, levies and, and, and bylaws and so forth. So, these are the sorts of things that it, it's very different when you're looking at not only how you inspect the property, how you assess the price. You know, they're very general things across all of Australia. But in Queensland, knowing these differences and having the ability to ask and interpret the information that you get
2: to know what you are and are, are not co- covered for in the, the strata or with the body corporate. In South Australia, when you're buying a strata property, it's really necessary to be aware that you don't have complete control over what is happening with your property even if you feel like you own the entire little plot of land that your unit or townhouse might be on um, you are restricted to the strata plan as to what you can do more often than not you've got a strata manager in place who you need to run everything by prior to making any changes and you need to pay quarterly levies which can be quite a surprise to Um, to some purchases.
3: In Tasmania, the only real difference would be you just need to ensure that it's mentioned on the titles as well as the contract. It doesn't really make any difference when buying a property in our state. Just got to ensure it's mentioned on the contract. If it's strata, sometimes it's always, sometimes it's forgotten anyway, but um, just to ensure, like if it's mentioned on the titles, just amend it if you need to.
4: So, in Victoria, when you're looking at buying a, a strata property versus freehold, um, as part of, as we mentioned earlier, as part of the, the Section 32 vendor statement, uh, it's, there's a requirement to provide an owner's corporation certificate and the minutes from the annual general meeting that the owner's corporation would conduct, as that says on an annual basis. So, those documents provide um, a lot of background information on the owner's corporation themselves. Um, Any proposed works that are being done, any insurances that are in place um, at that point in time, um, any sinking funds or maintenance funds that may be put in place, and any special levies that may be about to be or are currently being struck in order to raise money for different events or different projects that might be occurring on the property. So that's probably the major difference from a legality perspective. A lot of the other certificates um, are required and and are included from a, a property point of view but the main difference is including those two documents around the owner's corporation.
5: In Western Australia, the strata is relatively common. And essentially you're buying an interest and and a unit entitlement in a group of uh, properties. So you're buying essentially the internal space um, as a property and you share common property with other owners in the building so uh, as a strata development all the owners together own the common property in the buildings and the open space etc and you're responsible for the uh, other expenses uh, for the whole development so that's essentially different to your green title as we term it here as freehold.
0: There's a
1: myth that houses always outperform units. Is that the case in your area? This is a question that can't be answered, you know, statewide in the way that legislation or, or questions around legislation can be. So say in Sydney, for instance, which is Australia's most expensive city, there are places, uh, some suburbs very close to the city, for example, where if you had, maybe you had $1.5 million and you're going to buy a house, you could probably do a lot better by buying a really good apartment versus a really shitty little house, right? But that's Sydney. As you're moving outside of Sydney where land is um, not as expensive, then there's going to be areas where units will never perform as well as a house because houses will always be superior properties. So that's a question to answer depending very much on location, but it is a myth that houses always outperform units because a cracker unit Can outperform a really crappy house and I'm guessing everyone's going to answer something similar for their states.
0: In Queensland, no. In fact, most of Queensland and particularly Brisbane units have significantly underperformed over the last 10 years and that's largely because of oversupply and a really low level of demand. People in Queensland just don't really want to live in a unit, you know. They've got the option of living in a house um, with some land for not a huge amount of difference in price. The exception though is those larger, almost house-sized units, you know, your three, your four bedrooms, two car spaces, more more home sort of feeling than your, your um, investor kind of first home buyer stock. Those actually
2: have um, performed, you know, comparably to, to houses. In South Australia, units and townhouses have always underperformed. So they've, it's been very, very rare for them to see strong capital growth, even in some blue chip areas. Now, over the past two years, we have seen a swing as house prices have become unaffordable for many. A lot of people are turning more to your home style units or your townhouses. So they have seen some capital growth, but it will always, in South Australia, I believe, be capped somewhat compared to, to standalone houses.
3: In Tasmania... Yes, I would say that is a myth here just because, you know, land land value and things like that, you can get a property on 700 square metres for a reasonable price compared to a unit people think that it's going to outperform in terms of capital growth um, as well as rental returns if it's for an investment purpose.
4: In Victoria, it hasn't always been the case. Um- but I would suggest in the probably the last uh, five to seven or eight years, houses typically have outperformed the apartment market in most instances. Uh, there's been a lot of construction of new apartments in and around Melbourne, particularly, uh, and that's that increase in supply has meant that there's been a lot more competition, and it hasn't necessarily demand hasn't necessarily been able to meet that, which has meant that prices have plateaued, and in some, in particularly in the high rise sector, have, have come back in certain instances previous to this sort of eight-year window um, on a net basis, because you tend to find that houses, because it's solely your responsibility, um, maintenance can be higher than what it can be with an apartment where it's a split across multiple owners. Um, on a net basis, the growth can be quite similar.
5: In Western Australia, there are a fair few examples where properties that are strata titled do accelerate and do better in certain areas than your standard home. I can't give you specific examples, but um, generally, if you were looking at a small strata group, there might be a group of six villas uh, that has a bit of land attached to it. They're all ground floor. Uh, They're very close to amenities such as buses, trains, accessible to uh, all the amenity. They tend to do better than a larger home that doesn't have access to all the amenity in a particular area. So they generally will outperform in the long run. If you're buying one bedroom apartments with a group and there's a massive oversupply, single homes are gonna outperform those properties.
0: What are the biggest risks buyers need to be aware of if they're hunting for strata in your state?
1: In New South Wales, I think one of the biggest risks is building defects. Because it's been well publicised that New South Wales was had the worst record for n- the defects in new buildings, um, and when I say new, probably within say the last twenty years, so that's roughly that period of time. We had Opal Towers, we had Mascot Towers, right? And so, and I don't think there's been any other, you know, well publicised collapse uh, ex- examples of buildings that are about to collapse as they have been of those two, and so we had a pretty slack regime in terms of the uh, the certification of buildings and the costs then that get passed on to owners and the, the trauma also of being in a building that is basically falling down. And they're not isolated cases either. There's been some horrific uh, other stories that didn't necessarily make the press. So I think that that's one of the things that buyers do need to be very aware of. There's been this whole period of time, quite some period of time. It doesn't mean that every building that was built in that sort of 20-year period. And we've, we've had a building commissioner now in place now for the last few years who's done enormous improvements, made enormous improvements to the ways in which build uh, buildings are constructed in New South Wales. But in the period prior to that, then there's a lot of buildings that uh, really need an, a high degree of um, due diligence to be carried out before you'd want to commit yourself to buying into them. In Queensland, I
0: think it's assuming
1: that all strata
0: schemes are the same because they're not. And and I mentioned in a previous question. Um, and also that the 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 thing that people aren't often aware of is just because the body corporate levies are a certain amount now doesn't mean that they might not change in a year or two years' time. Or that there isn't a special levy that might be coming up to deal with an unexpected expense or a lack of funds in either the admin or the sinking fund. I think also not understanding how bylaws impact on livability and and how you feel about living under a certain amount of rules. You know, sometimes the bylaws say you can only hang your washing out on these days if you're an odd numbered unit or an even numbered unit, Um, how your garbage is taken out and collected, all those sorts of things. So, bylaws do um, have an effect on how you live in this community space. Um, and I think the other thing, the other risk that is is really misunderstood is incorrect comparable sales when you're pricing. So in in the evaluation phase in strata, you might end up overpaying if you incorrectly assess a unit that is yeah you know, same number of bedrooms, same number of bathrooms, same car parking, same um, floor area, but if one is south facing one is west facing and one is north facing, they have vastly different values. And if you don't know that at an intricate level or on a different floor even, um, then you might actually use the the wrong sales information and arrive at the wrong price.
3: In Tasmania, more often than not, you'll find that with strata properties, we, there's no active body corporate. So there would be a body corporate in place, but it hasn't been activated. And I would say that would be about 85% of properties in Tasmania. Um, the risk of that being is, you know, there's no sink fund if things were to happen to your property. example, like the driveway needed fixing or the guttering and roofing that's all connected, things like that in the communal areas don't have funds to replace those things. And you'll also be looking at no one wants to get the gardens fixed so you've got overgrown driveways and things like that. Another thing to be wary of is you'll be paying more insurance. If you paid strata insurance, you know, for all the properties together, it's a whole lot cheaper than if you just get your own, which a lot of people do do here. They're not aware that you can get um, strata insurance that will cover the building itself and then each person just gets their own contents insurance. So I would be wary of that. Probably just look into if it's self-ran. Sometimes they are self-ran by a lady that's lived there the whole time. Um so I'd just been looking into that to seeing if there is a like body corporate in place and how is it run if there if there's minutes but you will find don't be shocked if you find that there isn't anything.
0: Wow, and if the lady that's been running it for the last 30 years is a seller of the property, that's an even bigger risk, yeah, isn't it?
3: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I always think like you know, I look back and the, the driveway was always looked after at a property and then he sold and then it's, I'll be like, why is this driveway so overgrown? Because like, oh, he just he just was happy to do it and now no one's doing it. It's just so strange. Mm. Wow.
0: Wow. That is amazing.
4: In Victoria, I think if you're looking for a strata apartment or look, considering one, I think that the most important things are to be aware of the activity within the owner's corporation um, and what level that is at. so And that's part of reviewing those documents that are included within the vendor's statement. So going through the AGM to see what activity has been occurring uh, and what costs may be associated with the property. Um, and do you have an owner's corporation that is actively looking to improve the property? So not sitting on their hands. And you'll get a bit of an idea for that with a physical inspection to see how things are presenting around the property. But by investigating further with the documents that are supplied, you can see whether or not there's intentions to improve perhaps some of the things that might be lacking. And I think that's really important, the the preparedness of an owners corporation to do those works. In
5: Western Australia, there's been a a large push, thanks to the federal government about providing uh, transport infrastructure. So there's been uh, a big push for uh, rail to be constructed. So you've seen um, a lot of land being released around proposed train stations where there's been high-rise strata uh, developments that are occurring outside the central business district of Western Australia. So the advent of apartments being constructed in um, areas 50 to 60 kilometres outside of Perth is occurring. Um, So that's a new phenomenon uh, for, for Western Australia. So with strata, uh in a lot of areas where there's lots of stratas the oversupply of properties creates downward pressure on your on your capital values really um and you might buy a brand new unit a one or two bedroom unit you might be paying you know four hundred thousand dollars for it and then all of a sudden a new development goes up yours is older newer units come up in the area that they become more attractive and you get uh, higher expenses for repairs and maintenance on your strata unit. So your properties go in value, go backwards, and your costs and expenses go up. So that does become a risk.
1: All right. So that's it for strata across the states. Now, honestly, I think every week we do this, it gets more and more complicated. Maybe next week, it will be a little bit easier. We'll be back next week with our fifth, episode in our series of local experts, and we're really going to be digging into the difference that local knowledge makes.
0: In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for 1st home buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us
1: as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.